Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite Facebook. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Mister, I want to do video. I'm going to start picking well, your nose. There we go. We'll try it again. All right. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 329. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm your host, the humble Todd Oxtra. Joined by I'm ben the churlish one. Charlie Carton. Oh, look at us. We're in video. I Todd said, wear your swag. And I wore my swag and he didn't wear his swag. So this is like the snipe hunt. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm swagless. Swagless. Oh, no, I'm here in Michigan. We are roasting in the Midwest right now. It's late. It's early June and it's between 90 and 100 degrees between you and me, Todd. I know. It's well, we have a real time weather update. We can look at our devices and tell people what, what the temperature is. You can't well, see it. Well, it says 79 right now, but I feel like it's hotter. But well, I was, yeah. 93 here, 97 tomorrow. So, you know what? We are kind of like on, like in a uh, sci fi movie. It's the volcano planet. That's where we live. Right. The volcano, the, the Joe versus the volcano planet. We're hanging out with Maltar from some space goes coast to coast. Oh, I was thinking more that was uh, what that Christar. There was the, the molten guy with the big axe. That was a figure I had when I was sure. kids. Fire Lords, maybe secret retreat. I don't know. There Where's Fire go. Lord from? Fire Lordia? <laughs> For, Fire, Fire Landis? Yes. Uh, well, you know, you joined us. We're in video. Hopefully this will be our first of many new videos podcast coming out. Mark is helping us out with a lot of the production values. So very excited. Thank you, Mark, for all your you do. Uh, but this is also obviously a combination of what we want to do on YouTube, our new website, the way the podcast is going to start being delivered to you guys with our new RSS feed directly from the website. A lot of exciting things going on. So stay tuned. We'll have more to share every week with you guys because we have plans to really make Secret Friends bigger than better than, than it's ever been before. Bigger. We're going we're gonna to need a bigger podcast. We're going to be riding Bigfoots, and right. I will be growing this year, Charlie. I'll be eight foot tall by the end of the year because I'm taking my uh, my COVID vaccine is is turned me into a mutant. We decided to borrow some comics from the old library of ill repute, and we got Batman 329. Oh, my goodness. Can you see this cover, folks? More new pages. Woo! Let's Very see if exciting. I can show the – oh, look at that, Charlie. We can show them the cover this time. Batman's oh, in chains. Oh no, I'm in chains. Do 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 Now this is the, this is a classic Batman. I love the uh the gray and blue light blue Batman. That's my Batman. Um the very the Super Friends Batman. Um but yeah, he's here in a court and in uh the coin is spoken Batman and finds you guilty and in two faces court there's only one sentence pizza. No, oh, no, no. A death. Death. Maybe pizza. Oh, now I want pizza. Mm, I have to do something about that. But uh, 50 cent cover price means early 1980s, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, at the top, yeah. uh, full-length Batman novel plus yes. Batman and Robin together in a second story. I mean, they're, they're selling the shit out of this all over the place. I'm, More new pages from the new DC, Charlie. I'm in. I mean, I'm in. Sign me up. I want to see it. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, we don't know who the creators are, but it, uh, with all of the, it's not quite Jim. garish as the uh, outlay of, you know, some of those old Superman covers from the fifties, like the, yeah. you know, Z Z Z Z Z the Zydescope Batman or whatever the hell it, what it was, the zebra Batman or something. 
Yeah, and you didn't. DC did a good job later putting the creators on the front page before Marvel did later because Marvel was never really about the creators themselves. It was about the Marvel way. So, uh, but all I can see is Jim uh, Jim Apero did the cover because I can see his signature at the bottom. So, yeah, good good Batman artist. Um, Jim Apero, and certainly, hopefully, not related to Sheriff Joe out in Arizona. No, not Aparo, uh, Apero, I believe. Maybe. Oh, yes. Right. Uh, well, but that's, yeah, I mean, that's relief. Yeah, this was kind of the era of Batman where you just got a lot of one shots. I mean, there wasn't really long uh, overarching stories. You know, this is probably just a silly, you know, two faces bad idea. We're going to put him on trial and then he gets flawed because, you know, apparently he says, I've got to take off my handcuffs to defend myself. Ha ha. Batarangs to the face. Hey, oh, yeah. Batarangs better, better <laughs> for all. My, my, it, my. All, all those villains always giving away their secret plot, which reminded me of just like, just, I, I gotta tell you, man, I'm really loving Modoc. I just watched the fourth episode, Charlie, and all the villains and all the silliness, and just so good. Anger the Screamer, I love it. He Absolutely. was, he, he was, a, he was a yacht rock uh, singer back in the day. I'll never think of Mandrill the same ever again. <laughs> I love pulling out shit that I just, you know, that I hadn't seen since the official handbook to the Marvel Universe Deluxe Edition in, you know, 1987, you know, or, or basically, you know, heroes and villains that got murdered by Scrooge of the Underworld in the Gruenwald cap arc back in the 320s. So, yeah, that's, that's why you bought awesome. That's why you bought Defenders, because every issue it would have like these weird villains you never saw before. I'm like, I got to check this out. So Yeah, right. Tur- Tur- Turner D-Century. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> bad, bad old days. But you know oh what? Kids gosh. like us were dumb and loved it. So, mm. um, yeah. So uh, that is it for this week's comic, Charlie. But um, with, uh, I guess we need to check in with our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Well, I know you're a little camera shy, but uh, I think I found a uh, statue made in your likeness. Oh, God. <laughs> it's got all her facial features, her her uh, very olive oil-like body, uh, Madam Webb. Uh, and if you don't see, obviously now this is a video. So I'm holding up a stick figure. <laughs> she is featureless. She is the Ken doll, but not a doll. So anyway, first story up. Um, uh, there's crowdfunding for a documentary going around right now, and this is, you know, from the Star, Star, Star Trek corner of the world, which is, of course, my forte. Uh, crowdfunded documentary to explore 1983, 1982, oh God, the greatest geek year, including Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. So yeah, there is, uh, there's a project underway, um, to get funded, uh, a, a documentary purporting the notion that 1982 was the pinnacle of geek culture, uh, overall, now the, uh, the the case in point that they bring is that 1982 gave us ET, the extraterrestrial Blade Runner, the Thing, Creep Show, the Dark Crystal, Tron, Conan the Barbarian, Cat People. Oh man, I love Cat People. April hates it. Uh, the Road Warrior. I thought it said the Poltergeist and Poltergeist and Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. Long considered by most Trekkers that I know to be the greatest achievement in Trek cinema. Um, I don't. I don't know about you, Todd. I think that I don't really know if this can hold a candle to 1984 for me. And you and I have had this conversation time and again about you know what's what's the summer movie champ? What's the what's the year? You know, even specifically the 80s, but even in general, where we got the most iconic 
films that came out. And I'm, I'm going to have to stick with 1984 myself. But, um, uh, yeah, this is being uh, developed by producers Robert Lay Jr., who is a Star Trek guy made uh, in the Twilight Zone documentary guy. Mark A. Altman, who did Free Enterprise, The Librarian, which I know, and Thomas Vitale of Netflix Slasher and Pandora. So, um I, you know, I certainly come to enjoy documentaries lately. I've seen you know, the, the one that came out on Deep Space Nine was great. Uh, there's one about Voyager in production, which Todd will not watch, which I'm very excited for. Um, but, I mean, Todd, what do you think? I mean, if you were to say the greatest geek year, do you agree with this? Or do you agree with my assertion that, you know, 1984, which gave us Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and... God forbid I'm going to run out of ammo of what other movies came out. That I know that's the hard part because it's like a couple stand out. But I mean, you know, Charlie, I don't know. 1989's got a good uh, group of movies here. Roadhouse, yeah. Bill and yeah. Ted's Excellent Adventure, Weekend at Bernie's, uh, Uncle we Buck. Had, we we uh, had Batman. We had uh, Star Trek Five. The Burbs. Earth Girls uh, Are Easy. UHF. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I just feel... For my money, 1984, and I don't know why I'm drawing a total blank, but I think of Ghostbusters, which was very iconic. Oh, yeah. Star Trek. There was this, my favorite Star Trek movie came out the year, which was Star Trek Three, and again, that's very niche. Not a lot of people really dig on that. Um, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank. I know there's so many more. Obviously, Indiana Jones, which I mentioned, but um, I don't have a list in front of me. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one. But anyway, so. That that's kind of where you stand. What it was so so you. No, I I just I just made I I I just made that up because it's it's it it feels like we are getting to this point where our generation is claiming things, and quite honestly, we were lucky to get anything back in the day. So I kind of think more things stood out to us because it was like a big deal to get a sci-fi movie on the screen or a TV series. Right. Okay. Twenty ten, the sequel to. 2001, Dune, Romancing the Stone, Buckaroo Banzai, The NeverEnding Story, Police Academy, Karate Kid, Gremlins, uh, Red Dawn, Splash, The Terminator, Beverly Hills Cop, for God's sakes, Top Secret, Revenge of the Nerds, Purple Rain, Footloose, I, it was just like I said, it was Chud, we've talked about Chud before, Nightmare on Elm Street, So I, I'm gonna, and The Ewok Adventure in Children of the Corn, and The Last Starfighter, rounding out the list. So I submit to you it's a good year for is the year that is it's the a good one. year it's a good year it's a good year um and i would say though i think we would gladly take what we've got now though over a lot of those things that we got so excited about in the past because we're getting so many much better things think of how I many know. comic book movies we got charlie back then you didn't mention one comic book property right well no i mean when <sighs> Really, Batman 1989. Well, no, okay, or we Superman, Superman before that. Superman, yeah. but Superman was 78, uh, 80, 83 with, with Superman through three. Well, and we can stop seven. after 80. We can stop after yeah, right. 80. <laughs> yeah. So, in, in a way, we were kind of deprived. So, those things just stand out further than us. And I don't know if our ge- this generation or my son's generation will really have those touchstone years anymore just because they just get so much. Yeah. True. True, true, true. So anyway, so I'm, I, but again, this will be enjoyable. Like, you know, any of the documentaries that you see, the toys that made us or whatever on Netflix, what have you. Um, I, I think this will be great. I will enjoy it regardless. So anyway, what, what do you got? What's next? Oh yeah. So next story is our good friend, Marky Mark Wahlberg has a new movie and apparently he's a little upset because, um, close the tab. 
Oh my god! I can't <laughs> technical close difficulties. The tab on my iPad. I'm trying to. You see, ta- ta- I-, I admire Todd because he tries things new, but sometimes you got to stick with the tried and true, which is not yeah. having the the two phone experience. Even though you know, I still. Well, I'm trying to use touch. the full screen experience to view your beautiful face. So right. let's put a time marker in there, and I'm gonna just do this. I'm gonna open up the flow. Okay. Hold on. I'll do you it can here. be responsible for your own edit point on this one. <laughs> you want to write it in for me? Uh, sure, I'll do that. Let's see. Nicely. Uh, uh, edit point. Call it 12 minutes. Approx. It looked like 13. Well, whatever. It's close enough. I'll, I'll, All right. That's close enough for me. Okay. Okay. Let me just make this smaller so I can put both of them side by side. That's the only thing with Zencaster. It's not as good as like uh, dual... dual painting mm-hmm. oh god almighty so let me put this over here i can still see your beautiful face i don't need to see my beautiful face well I there's a reason for that you don't have a beautiful face i'm just kidding i love you you're you're, you're unique in your own your own way I okay promise. let me open this link up uh yes okay here we go so i will start five four So, Charlie, Marky Mark is once again blessing us with a new film. How this man gets roles, I really don't know. He's not exactly what I would say charming. Um, His acting skills are a little bit subpar at times, and he doesn't always overcome a a good script or a good director. Well, he's got a new movie. He's like like the wind, uh, like he was in that uh, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong film. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but essentially this movie that he's making is called uh, Infinite. And this is coming to Paramount Plus, which I think is interesting because apparently this was supposed to originally come out in the theaters. Um, but this right. is essentially uh, taking a page from Highlander. Mm-hmm. And essentially he wakes up and uh, he's lived a long life of other experiences and uh, essentially has to remember all of the experiences, which involves giving him skills to be a fighter and all these things. So he's going to be uh, taking on this bad guy who essentially has the same skills as him with a team that have the same skills together that then take out the bad guy. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this film. I mean, it could be good, but it's going to be on Paramount plus, um, I mean, so this- t- tough to get a lot of eyes on it for sure. And especially, and again, I just, these big budget blowouts to see them on the streaming service and to think about where, you know, where's the money come from? You know, I mean, what, what are the real streams of revenue that, that, that really played this out and say, Oh, subscribers, this subscribers, that only time. How do you really know if it's successful outside of the traditional realm of of box office receipts, which we're so accustomed to? But you know, even that, as we're finding in time, we, we've not gotten an, an update from you. But maybe there's nothing to update because um, we haven't hit the weekend yet on, on where we're doing with our box office competition. But how do you know? You know, how do you know what's what's successful? I guess just by the raw numbers, it's like, well, this one did fifty eight million, and this one did fifty six million. So obviously, the first one did better. So, but how do you how do you figure out the successes? I was listening to a podcast today, and I think the metric being used to talk about it was number of time, number of minutes downloaded. So, it was in reference to how many people had watched the whole thing. Uh, where, where's the money? Where's the money? I need to know where the money is. Uh, they don't do this because they think they're going to make less money. There is bean counters that are looking at the the full 
financial view, not just the initial box office. The, the sustainability. Right. Absolutely. Because they know that people's, regardless, we want to say things are going back to normal. They won't go back to normal. They'll go to a different way a different, of consuming. A different thing that is a thing. Yeah. People after a year of not being able to go to the movie theaters, a lot of them are going to be like, I'm okay with not doing that anymore. I'll just get a streaming service and do this. So if right. movies only go to the theater and they don't come to a streaming service for months later, that's really not going to help them the bottom line. They want more eyes on the prize. So they're going to try to accommodate both parties and know they will see less at the box office, but they potentially get people that are subscribers that don't just subscribe for one month, but forget to keep subscribing, Charlie. Remember? Or forget to cancel. Remember all those people that can't remember how to cancel a service? They're like, right, it's well, too yeah. hard. Yeah, you're right. They're all on your freaking cord cutters group. That's what's up. Absolutely. So they're they're banking on the people will, or they'll find things they really enjoy in a service and keep uh, subscribing right. and give right. them ongoing revenue versus a one-off because that's right. what it is. You want, I mean, Spotify, all these services, they give you a freebie because they want to hook you in and get you excited the about the service. For every, everybody's yeah. a drug dealer, man. Everybody's a drug dealer. It's the razor, razor blade model. So I, I think there's ways to do this and they know they have to provide premium entertainment or they won't keep coming back. So, I mean, I don't know if this movie will be good or not, but it definitely looks high end. I mean, Marky Mark is riding a motorcycle on a plane. I mean, Charlie, I did that once and it didn't go very well. You don't think so? That's not how you... They, I, I remember that from your college graduation. That's what we did that night, right? Yeah, but the good news is Jason Mansukas is in this. He kind of plays a weirdo, like, hippie guy as a part weirdo, of their team. A, a weirdo smartass? Not, yeah. not a role he's accustomed to. Yeah, so... But anyways, Charlie, this is coming June 20th, like, on Paramount+. Plus. So, like... Next week, essentially. I mean, so, I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, I've not. I, this is the first original film production from Paramount Plus that has crossed my radar because uh, obviously they have the Star Treks and I believe they produce other things. But. They had a kids' film. Oh, they had um, the SpongeBob movie came to Paramount Plus fairly quick. Uh, you know, and that that pops on the new on our you know new yeah. on Paramount Plus. Watch it, and I haven't because I'm you know an adult who doesn't love not crazy about SpongeBob. So, um, but yeah, this is the first adult thing, as it were. Yeah, so, so we'll see cool. how it goes. Yeah, yeah. If we if you've got the service, the worst thing that's going to happen. Although I'll be curious how see how is that going to work with movies? We know you get commercials during TV shows, but are you going to get right. commercials during movies too? If you've got the ad supported, that must not that's not going to be as much fun. So I once again, yeah. they'll probably yeah. convert people to ad free. Right. Well, you know what? And perhaps you know, perhaps that was the goal all along. Who's to say? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Todd, your paragon of uh, the 80s of the trading card madness is taking kind of a weird bend. We have a new Garbage Pail Kids TV show coming from the team behind Halloween. And I'm assuming it says the most recent iteration of Halloween, mm -hmm. which uh, was not. <laughs> but uh, involving Danny, Dan Danny McBride developed the Halloween, the movie that just came out. Yeah, he's like all these guys that are just no idea. Yeah, and David Gordon Green, who I'm not familiar with, but I know Danny McBride from you know Eastbound and Down and some of the other mm -hmm. stuff that he's done. Um, but yeah, the Garbage Pail Kids are something. This was a line of kind of off-color trading cards that we had when Todd and I were you know growing up in the mid '80s. That was like you know, well, here's some great examples. You know, Potty Potty Pete. Oh, well, you can't see the names of any of them. Potty Pete or I can't see any of these names. Todd, where I, I need some examples. You know, Adam Bomb, a kid name. You know, and it was a kid's name, and the play on word of him doing something disgusting. So you well, know, well, I'm gonna is, I'm gonna look up yours, Charlie. I'm gonna look up yours. Oh right. So, so yeah, it's you know, it's you know, you know, Toddy Todd or whatever, and 
this one looks like Donald Trump's brain exploding. But Do you know what yours is. would be, Charlie? You want me to tell you what yours is? Yeah, please. Please educate me. I got to know. Okay. Yours would be Chuck and Charlie. All right. Okay. <laughs> and it's a Bear picture pin. of you. And it's a right. picture of you. I'll see if I can blow it up here. There we go. Can you see it, Charlie? Uh, I have to scroll back to the. Oh, isn't. Oh, he's barfing it. Oh, there we go. So it's my job to work in a factory where I got to throw up in cans. That is, that is that is delightful. <laughs> so these were fun. I, cer- I certainly had a fair amount. So I would imagine um, a very adult program as it was kind of, you know, like I said, very off color. Um, who knows if this will catch where or where is this going to on HBO Max. So there you go. A chance to have something disgusting and have people enjoy it. What could go wrong? Yeah, my neighbor that I used to babysit absolutely loved these garbage pail kids card. Basically, take off. It's like it's a takeoff of you know Cabbage Patch Kids. Uh, but my my he put stickers, the stickers on his bedroom door, and his mom was going to kill him. Um, it's you know stickers with kids are always a bad idea because they always end up like on car windows and and just bad things you don't want them doing. Um, and there was a uh, Garbage Pail Kids movie. Charlie, did you ever see that thing? No, when did that come I, out? Right, right, right around the time? I will put a trailer. I will put the trailer for Garbage Pail Kids at the end of the podcast so everyone can experience oh the audio God. glory that is that movie. They were horrible looking like puppets. It was gross. They were gross. I don't know it who was. this is for, but it, maybe it's like these are like the Garbage Pail Kids grown up and they're on an adventure because that would be kind of a weird like a uh, weird like just mashup of things that would just don't make any sense, but it could be fun. Or gross. Oh my goodness. Or both. I, I think or both seems to be the likely prospect for me. Yeah. Well, if you're curious about the Garbage Pail Kids, um, look them up. Look up your name and you'll be entertained. And they still actually bring out the cards and they actually brought out little figures of them. So, um, yeah, check it out. Next story, though, uh, we are getting to hear more and more about the Flashpoint movie. And the director, Andy Musetti, who is behind the It reboot um is directing this and he posted a new image of the classic batman 89 symbol like the bat suit with the yellow and the black with blood dripping on it now for that to make sense to anyone that comes from the fact that there was a series recent series called doomsday clock oh yes it was very similar yes so and i think this is also playing off the fact that this is going to be a uh multiverse style type movie where you're going to have characters from different time frames coming in. Um, and just to give you a, a, what this comic was all about in the original flashpoint comic, uh, Bruce Wayne was murdered as a young child and his father, Thomas Wayne became the Batman. His mother went insane and became the Joker. How messed up is that? I didn't know that second part. Uh, yeah, I, I of course knew about Thomas Wayne as Batman, of, Bat, Batman, <laughs> Batman of Batman. Earth, Earth Two, or Earth Twenty Three, or whatever the hell it was. But I didn't know that that you know that that Mama Wayne got in the mix and she kind of cracked up as well. So mm, that's nuts. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about it, um, in this movie, he may not be Michael Keaton may not be playing Thomas Wayne, but he might be playing. Or it might not be playing Bruce Wayne, but he might be playing Thomas Wayne, which makes him an older man, maybe grizzled. His wife is an evil villain. His son is dead. This could play out really cool in a really unique way. Although some people said they wanted Jeffrey Dean Morgan because he played him in the Snyderverse. And I think there's a reason why he's not playing him because the Snyderverse is the Snyderverse. Oh, well. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. Let it die. Yeah, this is coming out November 4th, 2022. Uh, can't wait to see Michael Keaton back in a bat suit. Back in the bat suit. Good stuff. So, all right. So I'm up next. Uh, we have a trailer uh, for a film called Reminisce. Hugh Jackman's A Detective of the Mind. And a trailer from a uh, neo-noir film by the creators of Westworld. So he's, I saw Thandie Newton in this. So I thought, will she be as naked as she was in Westworld? Because, boy, there was a lot of really unrestricted nudity mm-hmm. in that film. So, oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So uh, Elisa Joy, co-creator of Westworld, uh, takes uh, her panache for high-concept science fiction to the big screen uh, in a Warner Brothers production, which will be in theaters and be on HBO Max. And did we have a date on this? I got to keep scrolling. It's coming out this August summer. 20. August yeah. 20. Yeah, but th- this looks great. So we're uh, we're talking about living in a world where uh, it's it's water water world esque. So the the oceans have risen, you know, and you see your standard big city, but you know half of the sky half of the length of the skyscraper is underwater. Um, and you know the the spin on the film is that you know when you have nothing to look forward to, you look to the past. Uh, and so you see Hugh Jackman climbing in this machine. Um, and he's haunted by his experiences in a recent war. Now he's a rugged private investigator in a flooded version of Miami. Okay, that's interesting. And he's messing about with who was that? Rebecca Ferguson? Yeah, that's her name. From Mission Impossible is the mysterious femme fatale who shows up at his doorstep looking for her lost keys, and they begin a passionate love affair. But all is not as it seems with her wicked past. So I was hooked. I'm totally on board with this. Uh, and as I'll talk about uh, a little bit later on, uh, the wife and I have started to go back to the movie theater and really enjoy the experience. But it's really great to know that this is going to be on HBO Max as well. If we you know, wake up on a Friday morning and we're like, let's just do the, it's You know, it's 100 degrees outside. Let's stay in and watch this new movie with all the lights out. You know what I mean? But I'm totally down with this. This looks pretty sweet. Yeah, it gave me a feel for um, uh, Christopher Nolan. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the the movie he made. Um, oh, I'm I'm blanking on the name. The Inception. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to be incepted. Yes. So, I mean, it's it's a lot like that where you don't necessarily know if you're in or out. Right? Is he truly in it? And living these these memories, and or is he not? And he's actually um, in the uh, dream state himself, and he can't get out. So it's very cool, and it's neat to see Hugh Jackman do more projects. I mean, the guy doesn't shy away from much, and he typically picks good projects. So um, I, now that he's not doing Wolverine anymore, um, maybe he'll find a new franchise or just try different things. I mean, I loved him in The Greatest Showman, so I don't think there's any musical numbers in this, but he could bust out Oklahoma, maybe. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. I was in that show freshman year in high school. Wow, me in pancake makeup. It was not a good scene. No, no, no. Uh, Charlie, you love Oklahoma. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So this is coming out once again. Yeah, to your point, it's it's if you've got a limited budget and you're already subscribing to it, maybe this is the movie you don't see in the theaters, and you, but you see something else in the theaters because you've got more money to see more. Right, 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 right. Excellent. All right, what else we got? Yes, so this one's an odd one. Um, the Munsters is getting a new movie directed by Rob Zombie. Oh, boy. Yeah, so the interesting part is he is a huge Monsters fan. Uh, Munsters. Um, he has been on Howard Stern, talked about how a fat, how obsessed he is with it, loved it as a kid, and you kind of got to see where he that was an inspiration for him. Um, and I 
enjoyed the monsters, but I kind of always saw them as more of a, a goof than being like spooky or scary or anything like that. Kind of like if the honeymooners were, were monsters, it was kind of like that. Just goofy things, leave it to beaver storylines. Nothing was that great, but they were always a little bit off and they had fun and, and they were like your normal family. They just happened to look like zombies, whereas the, or, or, or monsters versus the Adams family. They embraced their weird and they truly were mm-hmm. weird and creepy, but they look normal. So excluding a couple of family members. So uh, this is going to be interesting because we did have monster movies. We had a monster TV series in the eighties. It was absolutely horrible. Um, and then uh, we had a re basically a, a relaunch called, uh, I think it was 2020 mockingbird lane. Brian Fuller was behind that. And it was a very interesting take. Jerry O'Connell was Herman Munster and, but he looked like Jerry O'Connell but he was a reincarnated by his father-in-law, Eddie Izzard. Very interesting series that I think could have gone really cool places. But this instance, I really don't know what we're going to see with this series. I mean, is it going to be a, or a monster movie? So is this going to take the camp and play with it? Or are they going to make it a dark, like Rob Zombie's monsters, which if you've seen Rob Zombie movies, they are gross and disgusting. Have you seen any of his movies, Charlie? I have seen The House of a Thousand Corpses, and that's that that's a haired no that's a haired no for me, as they may say in Canada. Didn't he make the tech didn't he like remake a Texas Chainsaw or something like that? He did that he did Halloween. He did Halloween. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Over the top. Yeah. But over the over over the and and again, he has a fanatical cult following of people who just think that he is the second coming of who knows what. Yeah, he's kind of like uh, Marilyn Manson, where he looks like one way, but you s- see him talk, and he just sounds like your brother, you know, your your buddy at the bar, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a little different. But I, hey, we don't know where this is going to go. Uh, but if you've not checked out the monsters, if you're younger, check it out. You'll see how goofy and weird it is, um, and then just play some Dragula behind it, and you'll get the experience. My my my, so crazy. My goodness. All right. Well, is that the wrap? What else we got going on? That is the news this week, folks. And I tell you, we are adapting to video. So you're along for the ride. This is going to be fun as we as we uh, iron out the uh, the creases in our sheets that make the bed of our podcast. But <laughs> after we're done making that bed, we're going to get out of that bed and go to the Geek Easy, get a beer and get our nerd on. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Oh my goodness, uh, lots of entertainment is coming at us, which is great. So we've got lots of cool things to talk about this week. Uh, I guess, Charlie, we'll just kick it off with, uh, uh, I guess we timed this just right, because Luki, Loha Luki. Yes, Luke, my name is Luki. Um, yeah, boy, kicked off this morning, and it's funny, Wednesday has become a, a double header for me, because my wife's uh, favorite show is The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, it's on episode 9 of 10 uh, for its current season, so it'll be over next week. But yeah, we had, to, we had to alter our schedule a little bit to be able to squeeze in Loki, which was also a 30-minute program. But first episode today, kicking off right as Loki escapes from the alt reality that is uh, New York in 2012 from Endgame when he snags the Tesseract and disappears to a distant corner of the world. Turns out this was Outer Mongolia, um, where he's immediately apprehended uh, by the time variant 
authority. So basically, the, basically the time cops, Jean-Luc, uh, Jean-Luc Van Damme, Jean-Claude Van Damme does not show up, unfortunately. Um, but no, there's, there's an entire organization that exists outside of space time that has to fix things that go wonky. So he's something that goes wonky. He immediately gets snapped up, taken back. Well, let's, there. let's say spoilers because you're going to, oh, we don't, we don't yes. have to go at all the plot points. We don't have to do yes. that because it's we'll new. Do that. But we'll it's just fresh. say he, we'll just say he gets snapped up by these time cops and then we start to learn a lot more once his co-star luke wilson who's appeared in the trailers uh gets in get in oh wow gets involved in the mix so wow you know people are blowing this up saying hey this is the greatest premiere that they've had and stuff and premiere maybe i mean todd i know you're super fired up about this but you know i'm i'm still kind of simmering on the afterglow that was you know captain american Captain America slash Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That was my jam. But uh, I'm into this so far. Um, You know, there's a quasi villain reveal at the end that you're like, oh, what are they going to do with that? Um, It was very interesting and saw some very key uh, character development for Loki for the first time in like forever uh, in, in the history of the character. So definitely a lot got done in this episode, I think. Well, it's interesting because Loki had a lot of character development over how many films, and essentially this character, just not to give anything away, let's put it this way, he's starting over from scratch. And to your point, Charlie, yes. So in a very short period of time, we got more character development, which is great because nothing is worse than repeating what's already been kind of done. You know, it's kind of like, um, that's what we kind of worry with Black Widow, right? Because, you know, that character got an arc and that was going to go back to her and we just don't want her to be like, oh, she's a different character, even though she's already changed. So, uh, but regardless... Uh, this is a different part of the Marvel universe than we've explored. Mm-hmm. They um, really tried some interesting things in regards to how they told the story. Um, and a lot of this is new to all of us. So I don't feel like a lot of us have a lot of experience with a lot of these plot elements. So it's all of us kind of coming at it the same way, kind of like, um, and probably less so with, with um, WandaVision because a lot of those story elements were in other parts of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that character's story if you read the comics right in this instance there was a loki comic that i think covered some of this but i never read it but it's fairly new yeah that, that was yeah. the first thing that april turned to me and said hey have you read the comics i'm like i don't know that this is spun from anything i don't know if this is just not totally original or whatever i don't know yeah i don't, I don't, I don't know, know specifically yeah and i, and I do want to read i read a couple there was like loki for president there was a couple other side stories right. and and right. obviously loki loki's character has been around for 50 odd years and he's had different variants of himself out there he's played a woman uh he's been a child uh yeah so there's been a lot of great ways to tell his story and the mcu is is really i think loki is the first one of the best villains in they say you know marvel has great villains but i think start with loki because before then, for Loki, you got a lot of one-note villains who died, and that was Marvel's biggest problem. They've got very subpar villains that die, and you never see them again. They don't really build up to anything. And I think Loki was the first one that added complexity uh, and a, a sense of permanence, because Marvel's villains also didn't last very long, because most of them died. They go away. They don't stay around uh, to, to come back and, and haunt you. And I think I'm great. it's great that we saw the same thing with Zemo, right? He's back. He's not gone. So he can plague them again. He's going to build a history with this team. So I like that. Um, but I loved what they did with this. I thought it was unique. It felt really interesting. I, I like the play of Loki because he's always been a side character, and this is getting him to shine with his personality. Kind of like when Frasier took off and made his own show off of cheers. This kind of feels very much like he's the Frasier of the MCU. MC, MC, MC Frasier. 
Yeah, uh, toss, uh, yeah, toss Alan scrambled eggs. He's got it all. Um, but I, I do like the show a lot. I, I think it's really got something to it. And I know you love the fan, Falcon Lawyer Shoulder, but that show felt very samey. It felt like a Captain America movie, but I, I say lesser than. Well, it was, in a lot of ways, it was. I, I would almost compare that to Star Trek: The Next Generation versus those films. It was like, oh, this is just a longer version of a of an episode. So yeah. this, so I, I, you know, I will concede to that that this is. You're right. That really had all those same elements. Um, but I still loved it, and it was just wholesale wonderful for me. But I, I get what you're talking about. Yeah. So I, I love Loki. I love Thor. I think Loki's such a cool character. Lots of and to to make your show is your one of your shows about a villain is very compelling to me. It's been mm-hmm. hard to do that in the past. I mean, we've got Lucifer and things like that, but they don't always play out well. But I think this is going to have some uh, some meat on the bone, and I'm very excited to see where they go with it because we don't really know how Loki will play with the future of the MCU. Um, we saw his fate finally confirmed in this. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to give more away. So, But we know the Marvel, the MCU is going somewhere. And this might be be the real beginning of this branching path. And 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 that's what I've I've heard that this could well this could be the most impactful one of these series, and there could be the most you know changes in this mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is. So that's awesome. I definitely am am down with with that. Yeah, we only got one episode, and uh, this one felt like jam packed. It didn't feel like it was any slowdown. It was constantly moving. New story beats. What's going on? So really, really impressive. And we're going to see new characters join us along this ride. So yeah, Loki, check it out every Wednesday. So that's something new to keep us churning, churning, burning. So um, yeah, so moving on, uh, we did have an experience actually twice this week where we decided, and this was this came from from April. Uh, because she was the one when movie theater started to reopen was like, I'm just not really feeling it. But this was, you know, before we like, she had had a vac, she had maybe had one of her vaccinations and I hadn't, but now we're both done. And that it's been two months since that's happened. So she's like, I'm ready to go back. And the quiet place two is out and I want to see it on the big screen. So we did, we went to, we went to our theater, the celebration, uh, celebration cinemas here in Grand Rapids, which we talked about many, many times. Uh, it was absolutely deserted on a Saturday, uh, which, was not atypical still matinee showing and they went to a 3:30 movie or something like that um and sat in the same spot we always did because the first two rows uh in any one of the theaters uh any one of the screens in that theater are recliners so we did that um and we just had a great time and again there's almost nobody in there because it was a matinee but that was great that was last saturday and last sunday there are uh 40th anniversary showings going around of raiders of the lost ark my favorite film from childhood one of the first films i ever saw when i was five years old on the big screen went and saw that at, at a different one of the celebration theaters um and the overnight we actually decided you know what we're going we're going to start contributing to, to a small business again and we signed back up for the you know twenty dollars a month vip program you get to see three twenty dollars each you get to see three movies a week uh with it either and that even includes imax so if i want to go see you know um Black Widow next month, which tickets are not on sale, which is really driving me nuts. Um, but if I want to go see that in IMAX, I can go see it in IMAX for the you know for no additional cost. So it's it's definitely a value for us, and again supporting a small business. So we are back to it. It's um it's cool. We bought the popcorn bucket again, so we did that. Um, so it, it it's a touch of something that makes you feel like the world could return in a good way to, to the way things used to be. So we were very excited about that. Enjoyed the movie. Uh, and again, you know, it's, it's, it's your very typical jump scare 
horror monster movie. Nothing revolutionary. Uh, we had Cillian Murphy as the new character, but again, Emily Blunt returning um, to fulfill her role. But yeah, it, n- nothing that really set the world on fire. Uh, Dijamon Hanshu was in it as well, Korak from Guardians of the Galaxy. There's another familiar name. Uh, and otherwise, you know, the kids from the first movie. And again, I, I think oh, you Captain called them Rick- Dijonese. Uh, yeah, Dijon. Jaimin <laughs> Hunshu. Yeah, Jaimin. Well, it was uh, uh, Adelazine. Adelazine, yes, thank you. Thank you. Embrace, yeah, no. the, embrace the awkward, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, it was fun. Um, but again, uh, this was one that I think kind of forced us out to go to the theaters. It was one that it was not streaming anywhere, and yet it kind of nudged you back, in, in, back into the days of old, but makes me wonder if Warner Brothers is kind of shooting themselves in the foot, rolling all of their movies out on HBO Max, or if it's part of some great secret plan to make HBO Max's powerhouse. I know we're probably never giving up HBO Max because, you know, the content is good. And what April and I mostly do now is we'll, we'll watch a movie. Uh, and that's kind of our evening activity after she's done with work. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's flipping between, and again, I'm not crazy about Netflix and I think some of their original stuff is garbage. So I like to see new content in the form of movies or even perhaps watch an older one. So that works for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if our theaters have any deals right now or anything like that. They do Tuesdays for like five bucks. So typically that's what I've done. Um, but the good news is my son got his first vaccination. So um, we are on right. track. There's a movie that he actually wants to see in the theaters. I'm hoping in a couple of weeks when he's got, you know, the, the, at least the at least get the first really full element of that first shot complete, which I think is two to three weeks. Um, we can go to a movie because we kind of agreed upon. So uh, we'll see if that works, but yeah, I'm excited. I, you know, the summer, Got more free time. Tuesday might be my go to, to a two to, uh, a five dollar film on a Tuesday night because you know I'm wild and crazy. Yes, you're five dollars worth of crazy. I, I totally agree. So anyway, you saw a movie that I when I first saw this was coming out, I kind of grimaced a little bit. So was my grimace justified? I'm sure you're going to tell me. Well, Charlie, if you want to see it, I will tell you how you can see it for free. Um, mm. But I will tell you how the movie was. And that's Bill and Ted's Face the Music. This came out in 2020. Um, this is kind of a passion project for both uh, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. Uh, the original creators were uh, back to uh, make this film. And if you're familiar with the series, basically started like 18, 1989 was the first film. Then there was the bogus journey, I think two years later, then there's not been this movie franchise has not been seen again, but there's been, uh, it's got a cult following basically two stoners. I don't know if they're really stoners, but they're, they're dudes who'd say yeah, dude they, and they, excellent. They, yeah. They, they, they it, it is that aura, but you don't, there, there's not the drug. You never saw evidence is all I will yes. say. Yes. There's no, there's uh, no dragon. But they love Metallica rock and they're goofy. They say, dude, excellent um, to themselves. And they just go on adventures through time and use music to save the world. They form Wild Stallions. Well, the first two movies I really enjoyed, but I was at that age where it was easy to enjoy these type of films. I was 15 years old. It's goofy stuff. Very fun. Uh, The sequels actually really changed a lot, but I enjoyed it as well. I don't know if they hold up. I didn't check, but I will tell you this. This movie takes us into the year 2020. Like I said, they are now older and essentially unchanged. Um, they, they, their spouses were princesses that they rescued from the Middle Ages. We're living in, in, in modern times. 
and there's trouble in paradise. Bill and Ted did not save the world through song, Charlie, unbelievably, but they still think they need to. So now they're reduced to playing at like holiday inns, still trying to create the world's best song in the world. Um, and it's, I, I will give this movie credit. Um, it does a really good job with time travel and showing Bill and Ted looking very different throughout the ages. So that's like the best part. And that's about the best part of this movie. <laughs> it was not good. Um, lots of cameos in this movie, but a very similar storyline going through time to save the world. But I think one of the worst things that happened is they introduced the daughters of these characters and they essentially yeah, it is, made. Is it, is it one of them, uh, uh, Samara Weaving? It is, and another girl. I'm not as familiar wow. with who she is. I love but her. I will I tell you. This. Well, I think they made a way to make her very unadorable because uh, they made her essentially unadorable. They made the kids female uh, female versions of themselves. So they they talk like, "Hey, dude," and it's just a weird presence to see a girl dude. You know, like do the same and it's like a this girl is, dude like oh dude yeah and so like this stuff and talking exactly like their parents even though they have british parents uh, m- mothers who would hopefully influence them so it's like a bad imitation of bill and ted and the fact that this is 2020 and doing that it just feels so completely out of place it was a complete miss it just it just was a weird thing and it was cringeworthy in the like, way it like yeah. the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I just, I know we turned that one off and I'm like, uh, I guess we ought to finish it, but this is, is garbage, man. I just could. Well, I that movie had like one positive scene, I would say. One positive scene. It was actually Ben Affleck had the best scene in that film. Right, exactly. Yeah, when he yeah. commented about the, him and his, the daughter he had. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren Adams' character, Amy. Yeah, so okay. That, re- right, that right. redeemed that, that redeemed that film in a, in a, in one little light, but this movie had redo- no redeeming qualities. So it just is what it is. Kristen Schaal essentially replaced, uh, Rufus, um, played by George Carlin, you know, in the first movie, cause he died. So they had a little bit of, uh, uh, here's, here's George Carlin. Remember he was cool. Yeah, he was cool. Let's move on and tell you a really bad story. So yeah, it, it's just not a good movie. It's not a good movie. I think I paid $5 Amazon and it's still for $5. So that's what I paid. So it was essentially the cost of a rental. So um, I didn't feel like I wasted $20 when it came out. Originally it was $20 for like rental. So yeah. So folks, if you, you're curious, check it out. I'm sure it's probably like $3. And I'm, I am surprised a lot of these movies just don't go to a streaming service. Eventually seems like they take forever and just stay on VOD where you have to rent them. But I don't know. So, Maybe they, yeah. So you'll have to tell me off book how I can watch it for free, but it sounds like I really shouldn't. So you might, I mean, if you're bored and you're like, I'm curious, you know, the worst thing you put it on, if you don't like it, turn it off. We, we will talk offline. All right. Well, with that, I think, uh, I think that's wrapping us up. Todd, you just had the one cause we talked about Loki. So, um, but now it seems like we're moving into some dangerous territory might be a little bit of a life threat, uh, but for an exciting game, where do we go? Oh, Charlie, it's time for us to check in with the mutants for a topic of our game to be entertained. And that's the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tina. The mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, Charlie, we are trying a new game. We did something similar on co-op mode called Game Mark-Itting. Get it? (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha. Kark. 
Carkening yes. from Mr. Mark C, which yep. I loved it. <laughs> I enjoyed Please that don't. One. Please don't. Kirk. It sounds too much something like else. Kark. So, yeah. no, oh, Kark. No. Uh, no. No. So we are doing a similar version of this game, and Charlie is going to be the guinea pig for this one. So it's essentially I am going to give Charlie four categories and he has to pick a number in each category, and I'm going to assign him random categories, and he has to create a pitch to me on why I should basically produce his film, or TV series, or comic book. Could be any of those things, Charlie. So you can pick what you think this is going to be, and how you'd like to be done, and you give me your pitch. So we're going to start. Let me pull up the Google Doc with all of the So I'm not looking at the Google Doc. You, you are not. You, you, were throwing, number, you were throwing things at me sideways, and I'm just laying back and taking it, which I Absolutely. Well, you actually have to give me the pitch. So you actually do have to do all the work. I'm just going to give you what you have to work with. All the all right. work? Yes. Yeah, so here, um, I will tell you, the first thing is the setting name. What number would you like? Um, between what and what? what am I so this is, the, this is the setting. So where this is, what story is going to be set. You asked me what number would I like. Correct, because there is a number of options, and I will choose the one. You just give me the number, and I will tell you what you picked. Well, well that's why I was asking, what, what, what are the, what are the, how many numbers are we talking one about? One through 11. Uh, seven. You get Prehistoria. That is your setting. Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. All right. Next is genre, and there are nine. Three. Fantasy. Your favorite. Prehistoria fantasy. Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay. Next is antagonist, and there are nine. Um, Six. You get robots. <laughs> Prehistoria fantasy robots. Yes. And okay. then lastly, the protagonist's name. You have 10 choices, 11 choices. 10. You get Claudia Wolfsbane. Prehistoria fantasy robot Claudia Wolfsbane. Yes. So is this going to be a movie, TV series, or comic book? Well, I, I think that the depth of the storytelling would require a, you know, HBO Max style laden with robot nudity miniseries. At the very, right. at very least, six to ten episodes. All so right. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I, I can feel your passion, Charlie, for this project. Sell it so to me. In, in, the, in the cinematic universe of the Flintstones in Prehistoria, uh, there, is, uh, there is an energy dome which covers present day savage minnesota okay in pangea there's an energy dome um that uh the only thing that can cross it is robotic life um this you know what but there comes a time when this robotic life finds a way to get out of the dome and they're approaching bedrock and bedrock is going to be the first conquered territory because claudia oh what was the last name wolfsbane Claudia Wolfsbane is the member of the, um, basically the construct, a grouping of the Wolfsbane uh, robot family who wants to uh, overtake prehistoric man. But her sister, Philandria Wolfsbane, disagrees. So a civil war quickly develops where Philandria Wolfsbane allies herself with Fred Flintstone in an effort to stave off robot domination in prehistoric earth scene. 
So I'm I'm blanking on the fantasy element here. The, do- the, 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 the dome. The dome. The dome is the fantasy element. And if you want to throw in some goddamn elves and orcs and dragons, if that makes you feel better. And nobody bathes. Nobody bathes. That's a key element in fantasy. Everybody, st- everybody stinks, so nobody stinks. That's what you've always told me when I said, oh, how can people in the Game of Thrones be doing it when everybody looks like they stink to high health? It doesn't exist. So there's your fantasy element. Everybody smells bad. It's like living in Grand Rapids. <laughs> oh, come on now. That's not fair. Um, so, so you're saying I have to secure the Flintstones license for this property? Well, no, the Flintstones, um, that's a Hanna-Barbera still, isn't it correctly? Uh, yes, which hey. I believe is tentatively owned by HBO Max, but. Um, right, that, that was my thought process as well. I believe so. So, um, and so, you know, I, I just, where are we going with this? Is this going to be live action, animated, uh, this to me absolutely feels like it needs to be live action or maybe some kind of mixture of live action and animated. So it's like, like son of Zorn, um, because nobody wants to see a John Goodman esque Fred Flintstone return. I think the Flintstones need to be animated and the robots need to be CGI. Okay. So I'm, I'm grooving here. Um, okay. and what is the rating for this show? Uh, TV MA plus plus um, graphic violence and graphic nudity. But only the cartoon characters are nude. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that enormous. That's why they called him Fred Flintstone. Look at the stones on Fred Flintstone. Um, and do you have a star uh, lined up for this property? Well, you know, Fred is um, he's obviously animated, but he is voiced by um, uh, Chris Pratt. And my robot star, Claudia Wolfsbane, is voiced by um, Jennifer Tilly. And the sister character who leads the revolution is voiced by Jennifer Connelly, which, sorry, it's very sexy to me. So there you go. Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Tilly is a robot conqueror. I know. She's one of your favorites. Uh, can we free her up from her Chucky, the Bride of Chucky contract? I, I, think, I think we can get something in between. That's what she said. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, um. I've taken lots of notes. Um, I will confer with the money men and see what type okay. of budget we can work on. And I will get back with you. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So now is it my turn to do the same to you? Uh, if you would like, there's a separate tab. It's basically the same. I'll close my tab out so I don't remember anything. Okay. Well, let we me go from yeah, there. So I made a Charlie tab. So in the future, if you ever want to make your own categories or your own uh, names. <laughs> Scattergories. Okay, Todd pitched me, so you made mine. Okay, so here's yours. Okay, setting. One through 11. I'm going to go with three. Three is Burgerville. Genre. Burgerville. Love it. Genre, also one through nine. Or, excuse me, two through nine. Okay, I'm going to go with five. Uh, classic horror. Ooh. Antagonist, two through nine. Two through nine. Because the um, first tab, the first tab is says antagonist. The first oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah. I will go with seven. Nature, in parentheses, plants and animals. Okay. Uh, protagonist name. I'll go with two. Uh, Cullen Mancrush. <laughs> Cullen... Man crush. Okay. okay. Taking so, notes here. Burgerville, uh, classic horror, 
nature, plants and animals, and whoops, I went screensaver, and then Cullen Man Crush. So engage. Okay, so I am going uh, with this. I think this has to be animated. It's going to be a TV series. Um, and I think we have secured the um, Universal Monsters um, Averse, the, the one that didn't work out? Yes. And it's going to be set in a world where monsters are just the main character of class they're everywhere they're like your your guy down the street he's you know a wolf's man the guy down the street is is you know a serial killer there's a you know a freaky beast with with goofy hands uh that's the world we live in um and unfortunately though the world is run by a evil corporation that is called is there any other kind yeah. it's called burgerville and oh. Yes, it's called Burgerville. The country's also called Burgerville. The classic, the classic video game that yes. I saw advertised for Atari on the back of Marvel Comics in 1982. Yeah, absolutely. So Burgerville. Um, and um, essentially, Cullen Man Crush is the odd man out. He was not born as a monster. So he's oh. kind of like a stranger in a strange land. Uh, he's the oddity. He's the odd man out. He's the last one picked. He is shunned. Um, but he has got to make ends meet. So he gets a job at Burgerville and the, the he, corporation in the world. <laughs> absolutely. It's like, it's like Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, USA. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. They own the, it's like mom's, the mom corporation. In oh, Detroit. the mom's robot, mom's robot yeah. oil. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, it's perfect. So Colin gets a job at Burgerville. He's serving his clientele. They eat a lot of red meat. Burgers have all like, you know, it's like there's a, a, uh, everything's like human themed, like for food. So he's a little awkward. He has to serve that. But then he finds out that secretly the secret ingredient is werewolf. Mm, yes, Charlie. Real, yes, Charlie. Real wolf, real wolf mate. Absolutely. Now, does eating a werewolf make you a werewolf? Is that a transitive property? Uh, good question. I don't, I don't think so in this world. I just think it's like, yes, werewolves though are your like average neighbor down the street and along Man. the way, Cullen with his girlfriend who happens to be a reluctant, reluctant werewolf. She's got a little bit of hair, you know, she's, she's, she's also an outcast cause she's, she, she hasn't hit puberty yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Her hair hasn't grown in. She doesn't have long fangs. So she's kind of like the ugly girl. Um, mm -hmm. so they, they uncover this. So then their mission is to find out who is killing all the werewolves in a turn event, Charlie? It's the Venus flytrap monsters. They are coming back. They're like, you will no longer eat plants. You will eat yourself. So there. So is this some kind of social commentary ladled in with this, or this is, this is just a straight monster connect. Or are we supposed to, we're we supposed to Gene Roddenberry it and think, Oh, this is an Alex. It's like soil and green as people. Right. So, right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. So, so basically it's a, it's a, it's a flim flam. It's not really humans. Cause there are no humans, but they've led everybody to believe there are humans. They're actually werewolves and it's all plants behind the whole concept. So it's a flim flam where it's actually the plants are feeding everybody the meat. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I just, I, 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 I can't grasp it. It's, it's too much. It's too and much I've got, and I've got Kristen Shaw as the leading lady, and I've got uh, I've got um, uh, I'm going to go with um, Gilbert Gottfried as the lead character. 
I just don't know about that, man. Okay, I'll change. I'll change my mind. My heart was set. Gilbert owed me. I, I owed him a favor. Um, I am going to go with. Um, oh, who would be? Um, I'm going to go with. I've got somebody in mind. I've got to dig it out of my brain, though. Okay. Um, All right. I am going to go with Andrew Spider-Man. Andrew Spider-Man? Yes, Andrew Spider-Man. Andrew, Andrew Gar Spider-Man? That's right, Garfield. Mr. I, Garfield, Spider-Man. He needs he's work. Working much these days. Yeah, he needs no, work. Yep. So there we go. Right. Him and Kristen Shaw will take down the evil Venus flytrap uh, overlords. And who is Venus flytrap again? Is that the voice of Jason Manzukas or something like that? No, we'll make it Gilbert Gottfried. Okay, there you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Iago. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lord. That, um, there we go. You know what? You know, stop drilling. You struck oil. Here's money. How Love much money? How much monies do you want? All the monies. Uh, all the this, monies. Here's all the monies. Go make this movie. Go make me some money. Do I get? Do I get the opportunity to make an extra cut? Uh, is there more nudity in the extra cut? <laughs> Maybe. Then, then we're very interested. Love it. Love it. People, people do enjoy nudes, so we're in. We're in. Cheers. Cheers. Fully funded. That's how it works, guys. Even you can pitch it. And well, you know, we can we can cut the show up in like. 20 second segments and put it on TikTok for all the kids. There you go. The, the, the kids do enjoy the TikTok. I'm not going to lie to you. Yes. Well, that is it, guys. That is our version of pitch meeting. If you want to pitch us a topic or give us pre-selected uh, categories, let us know. We would love to hear it. And we'd love to pitch it. We're in. All right. Well, my goodness. With the that and the end of that, that's the end of the road where we're going to depart these parts, uh, and then the show. So, friends, thank you for joining us. Uh, but, of course, we are the Secret Friends Unite podcast network for wonderful shows. Secret Friends Unite, which you're listening to right now. Co-op mode comes out, coming out bi-weekly talking about video games. Code 47 is out every Monday talking about Star Trek. And on the opposite Wednesday, the Holocron Chronicles talks about Star Wars. All of these wonderful programs can be found on our brand new, extra shiny, sweet-smelling website over at secretfriendsunite.com. Home to, as I said, all those podcasts and new original content that will be coming your way in the near future. Find us over on Twitter at SecretFriendsU. Drop us a line. Let us know something you're enjoying, a question for us, and we will talk about it on the show. Uh, we do have a wonderful merchandise store over at TeePublic. Uh, while you're listening to this program on Friday, there is a sale going on. Uh, load up on uh, shirts, sexy tank tops, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, notebooks, wall art, what have you, of uh, some actually really cool new Secret Friends Unite designs that you'll find on that show. You can snag that link uh, over on our website or simply search Secret Friends Unite on tpublic.com. Uh, all proceeds to that that we get back go to supporting our efforts to bring you new and exciting content. We've also got a great YouTube channel. Um, hopefully what you're watching right now is also in video, so you'll see it over there. Um, so yeah, we would love to have you follow us there. Watch our podcast as they come out. As time goes by, we're uh, hopeful that we'll have new and exciting content for you over there as well. So friends, thank you one more time for joining us. I'm going to tell you as always that sharing is caring. And to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. Burgerville is people. 
or werewolves. <laughs> it's either or. It is. It just is. It's both. It's Twist. Both. Twist? Twist? <laughs> Once upon a time, or was it more recently, there was a young boy named Dodger. He was the sort of child who was always left out of things. Each day after school, Dodger works in a junk shop owned by the mysterious Captain Mancini. Which is broth and vampire's brew. Make these clothes as good as new. Dodger has never had a family or a friend he could call his own. Until now. Starring Nat Nerd, Windy Winston, Messy Tessie. Give him a chance, Tangerine. You'll like him. Ali Gator, Valerie Vomit, Lisa Gregg. Ah, I'm gonna get fired for this. Foul Phil. Nice to the totes. The Garbage Pail Kids movie. They may not be pretty, but boy, they make great friends. Starring Anthony Newley and Mackenzie Aston. The Garbage Pail Kids movie.